Welcome to Pillows on the Windows, a movie podcast, Car. Thank you. Uh, I have to apologize. The Nas really got on top of me last week. Um, <laughs> not a pleasant person on Nas, Tucker, but uh, I have this. It's the taurine. This rock star boom, which has taurine in it, but uh, it also. Does it? It contains 2% juice. So. <laughs> so of the 16 fluid ounces, 2% of that will be juice, and that'll be fine. This is going to be a much more chill, very even-keeled uh-huh. podcast about movies. Kyra, how's it going? It's good. I just, 2% is so negligible. It just doesn't feel like that really adds anything. I like, okay. <laughs> it's such a vague word also. Juice. Yeah. High C yeah. is juice. <laughs> well, is it? Is there any juice in high C? What is juice? Well, it's the juice of a fruit or vegetable. Or I guess mm. produce in general, we can expand. I bet if you told that to the people making these drinks, they'd say, no, actually, Carly, that's <laughs> not true at all. And then they would show you into the factory where they're just synthesizing. <laughs> it's a big vat that just says juice on it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like uh, in sparkling waters, when it says natural flavors, it's like a very loose definition of natural. I've like looked yeah. up exactly what it means. They're shaving jellyfish and then sprinkling that into the LaCroix. <laughs> and that's what you're That'd drinking. be kind of cool. No. Um, yeah. Quick question, Kari, uh, regarding Rockstar. Yes. I've never had a Rockstar before. Um, <laughs> Rockstar recovery is the recovery insinuating that you hmm. are blitzed out of your mind and then you wake up <laughs> and your body hurts and you need a Rockstar recovery. Is that the is that the marketing? I think the thing is you live such a hardcore lifestyle if you're having oh. a Rockstar that, yeah. Like you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, God, oh, 3.45 a.m. Time to go to the gym. And then you slam oh, your God. rock star recovery yellow. Uh, it's such a bummer to think about. Okay. Flag day, bro. Uh, Kyra, yeah. let's talk about movies, dude. Okay. Should we start with the neon demon? Sure. Okay. I feel like we have to always start with the movie about the underbelly of show business or something. <laughs> Which we've been doing a lot of lately. And this is the latest. The Neon Demon yeah. car. This is a Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Yeah. Of Drive fame. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, I thought this was a different movie because of the poster. <laughs> but here we are. That is a funny story. Neon De- the Neon Demon is not the movie with the Neon Demon on the poster. For those of you keeping track at home, it's actually the directed one with, by the same person. <laughs> directed by the same person, yes, um, yeah. and also the most like on brand movie title for this man. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give me a pronunciation of the main actress in this film? Yeah, it's Elle Fanning. Okay, it's not Ellie. It's L. No, okay. correct. Good to know, Carl. Perhaps the better of the Fanning sisters. Oh, I know. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. Oh, Dakota is in that, isn't she? Yeah, she's pretty good in it. Yeah, now you're taking back your words. I'm sorry, that's the No, I think Elle still I'm is sorry. Better. I'm sorry, that's not me talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even killed podcast this time, Car. Uh, the Neon Demon. A movie about modeling. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about <laughs> <Carly>. this. What? <laughs> Why? Why did you pick this film, Car? Well, okay, because I thought I would like it. <laughs> That's the folly of man car. Yeah. That's what I think about. Well, okay, so I love, like, I like uh, the aesthetic that 
is sort of suggested here. Like, I okay. like the bright colors. I like the bright lighting. I like... Yeah, I don't know. That seemed cool. I like Al Fanning. Sure. I don't really have an opinion on the director. Okay. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it seemed cool. And like, oh, Thriller in LA sounds super fun. It's never been done um, before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I... And then you said you didn't like it, which felt like fine. Like that didn't discourage me really, because I was like, we have different tastes sometimes. And this feels like a setup where we maybe would have different taste. Um, okay, yeah. And then I completely agree that it sucks. Okay. Yeah. I think I still like it less than you do, though. Probably, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean... I don't I don't have an opinion on Nicholas either, I guess. I thought Drive was okay. You know, yeah. That's the only other one I've seen. But to be in the position of Nicholas Winding Refn and to have millions of dollars at your disposal and two hours of someone's time, of many people's time, and to use all of that resource to tell this story is bonkers to me. Like... It's the most played out, just generic, um, you know, story about show business, basically. But told through the most, like, boneheaded visual metaphors I've ever seen in a yeah. movie. Just, like, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Yeah. Wink. Like, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't get on this movie's level in any way, except possibly for when... There is the uh, big old cat in her apartment. And I was like, this is a really interesting image and is sort of also a dumb visual metaphor. But I liked that part because it was unexpected and creative, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was super cool, too. The other highlight is like very specifically, uh, I think Jenna Malone's Maloney Malone's performance. I don't. The character is, I would say, definitely the most interesting character in the movie. That's yeah. not to say that it's an extremely interesting character, but it's the no. best it gets. And right. I think she's very convincing um, yeah. in that role. Like, I, I, that's maybe the only interesting part is, like, she's she's the only character where you're sort of unsure where she's at throughout it, which makes it kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and she surprises you a bit. And I just think she like <laughs> relates to the other characters pretty well. <laughs> she does surprise you in this movie. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this movie takes a turn. I don't I guess we don't need to spoil this fantastic movie. Um, but I didn't think any of what was happening in the last third worked at all. No, um, it, no, not at all. It felt just so aimless and like i don't i can't um picture where that idea came from i guess um to take it in that direction other than that like now it can be sold as a horror movie maybe whereas before it couldn't before it was showgirls but the bad like when people talk about showgirls being bad they're actually talking about the neon demon but then they like introduce this twist where it's like oh i guess this isn't showgirls anymore it's worse it's like more dumb and i yeah showgirls has this thing where no one is good to be around like everyone is it's not even that they're like nasty people it's just like they're 
their cardboard and not yeah. because it's intentional That's or like not intentional in that way. Yeah, yeah. It's not at all <laughs> because Al Fanning is supposed to be this like comes from the middle of nowhere sort of gal and she's mm-hmm. supposed to be like humble or something. And there's just nothing to her at all. It's so crazy. But male character, do you think beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do think it is. And then they laugh at him. What is this movie car? I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Amazon was like, yes, we got him. We got it. We got the next drive on our hands, people. <laughs> L Fanning, come on. Hmm. Yeah. I thought the soundtrack was very underwhelming. Um, it's just so such like drive. I get why people like the drive soundtrack because it's like, what's that band? Chromatics or whatever. It's like, this all sounds oh, like I chromatic songs. Uh, this one was just a lot of like very generic. I have yeah. seen 80s horror movies and I made a synth yeah. soundtrack for your movie. Um, the only time I thought it worked with the visuals was um, pretty early on where there's like a scene at a club, I think. And there's like a strobe mm-hmm. light happening and it's like strobe. You know what I'm talking that about? That was kind of cool. I like when yeah. the like uh, body is like suspended from the ceiling or whatever. Sure. That was kind of cool. Yeah, Triangles. Yeah. Lots of triangles. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Too much sexual assault in movies, I feel like. Maybe we don't need to, like, you know. Well, yeah. Like, the perspective in this movie (laughs) is crazy, right? Where it's like, okay, so it's angry. It's Mm -hmm. so angry at so many things, but without, like, anything to do about it. Or with any sense of, like, why or who's right and wrong. Like, it's angry at the fashion world, which is, like, certainly a very toxic world in many ways. It's angry at, like, fame in general, maybe. But it's not, like, the fashion world is a bad place because it's been, like, gate-kept and created by scary white dudes. And, like, most of this movie is just how ladies are mean to each other and kill each other. And there's, like, not a lot of viewpoint into what made them that way at all it's just like they seem inherently evil um even alpha fanning's character seems inherently evil and like that jump of her from humble to evil is like not a jump at all it's just like what it is right and yeah it's also like so much of it is trying to make a point about like how these women's bodies are just like treated as commodities, but it totally commodifies them within the movie as well. Like there's that scene at the end where it's the two ladies in the shower and the blood is coming off of them. And it's like, he clearly likes this visual because it's two really pretty ladies being naked and in a shower together. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. Like I, I think the good comparison here, right. Is Mulholland drive. And like, there's a lot of nudity in that as, as well, but it like, it feels so different because you can tell it's not like David Lynch is like, oh, look at pretty lady. It's like, I don't know. There's something going <laughs> yeah. on there and it's not, I don't know. It, I guess exploitative is what it feels like, even though that's exactly what it's trying to butt up against. Yeah, but yeah, it made me appreciate Showgirls so much more for doing mm-hmm. what it did. Because it yeah. is tackling what you were talking about, but it's actually... It is giving you the A to B to C of where that's coming from and what's driving these people. They felt more like people, right. even though it's a crazy thing to say because Showgirls is this insane cartoon explosion of nonsense. Um, but if I have to compare it to the Neon Demon, it makes way more sense to me. It's like, OK, I got it. This was made by a person yeah. for people. I'm a person. I can watch this movie. 
uh, the Neon Demon feels like AI creating movies or something. I don't. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Car, when yeah. I pick a movie for us to watch, I never have any uh, <laughs> aspirations that it will be good or that you will like it. It's just I'm throwing out a movie I want to watch. So if you throw out a movie and I don't like it, please don't take it personally. It's just no, part of the process. I, yeah. I also like I always find it interesting. I always. Yeah. Like, I think you're very unpredictable to me. Like, oh. this one was sort of predictable, but I think half of the fun is like I can I can't often tell where either of us will land with something. Um, and it's fun if we both agree that it's good, if we both agree that it's bad, or if we disagree. And this time yeah. we both agree it's bad. What if I um, come in like, card, this movie changed my life, dude. Elephant <laughs> has a neck like a giraffe. This movie's <laughs> awesome, dude. Okay, so I do have one last point. Um, basically, like from the get go, I could from the very first scene where it's a shot of Elle Fanning on the couch and like, you kind of think she's dead, um, but it's just for a photo shoot and her like arm is draping off the couch and there's blood and stuff. Blood, blood. Reminded me so, so, so much of the Bad Romance Lady Gaga music video. Oh, totally. Which I think like does all of these aesthetics a million times better and is like so fun to watch. Like truly one of my favorite music videos of all time. I think it's so yeah. cool and like just does this like cold fashion world thing really interestingly in a way that. In like four minutes, in yeah. a way that this movie yeah. doesn't pack four minutes of good content over its two-hour runtime. I don't know. That's true. I think I think uh, you could probably do a think piece uh, accusing all culture of the last ten years of ripping off Lady Gaga, and I think you'd have something yeah. on your hands there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. God, totally. that music video! I went back and I watched it after, and I was like, yeah, this is just great. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's such a specific <laughs> vibe the entire time. It's so fun. They should put Lady Gaga in movies. I'm sure that would be great. Ooh, I, did you see all? Have you been like catching up on all the um? What's Uh-oh. it called? House of Gucci stuff. Uh, no, that's that's ringing alarm bells in my brain. Though is something bad going on there? What's no, going, it's great. What's my connection to that? So House of Gucci is a movie coming out, I believe, this year, directed by Ridley Scott with Adam Driver and oh yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah Lady Gaga yeah. There's like. The the person it's based on is like angry or something, right? Or like they don't. Oh, lie. really? I mean, that seems about right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No. I love Ridley Scott. Kinda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did like a Moses movie in like 2014. I was looking through his whatever. <laughs> really? Earlier. Yeah. Starring Christian Bale as Moses. I was like, what? Are... Okay. All right. Carl, let's talk about anime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My neighbors, the Yamadas. Yeah. Okay. I don't like have a ton to say about okay. this other than that I really liked how it looked. Mm, mm-hmm. One of my favorite looking uh, Ghibli movies I've seen for sure. Uh, I was wondering, like, I, I was pretty sure you would like it, but I thought there was like a 10% chance you would be like, it's lazy or something. You know what I mean? Like, because no. it's, it's so... um watercolor sketchy you looking. Know what I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah sketched yeah. looking yeah. um right no i love the way it looks it's very uh it's very efficient it's like very it rings a lot out of not a whole lot at all the only thing i mm-hmm. kind of had an issue with was like the mouth shape was kind of weird mm-hmm. everybody looks like they're like drooling all the time because they're always like 
their mouth is agape the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me there like there's some other cartoon or something that has that look that it reminds me of and I cannot yeah. place it. Like that exact mouth shape where it's just like a huge uh, like <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. Yeah. You're thinking of the Beetlejuice cartoon from like 1994, but um Of course. You promised we we, we wouldn't uh bring that up on this podcast. Um <laughs> My neighbors the Yamadas I thought was fine. Yeah. Um it is uneventful to an extreme. Mm-hmm. So is my neighbor Totoro. Like, that's the Ghibli thing, I guess. But I didn't think the episodic structure worked for it in that way, I guess. I would agree. Like, I... If, if it was more eventful, I think it could have worked. But, like, to have... I guess that's maybe the point, right? Is yeah. to, like, have an entire vignette that's, like... A, uh, a little tiff or difficulty in a relationship in a family and like you build an entire thing around that like it maybe the point is like how little things can become like large events in the cloth of a family or something Aww. but it just like doesn't I don't know it didn't super land for me I guess yeah I mean there's yeah. no arc to it whatsoever so it's hard to stay invested when right. the 30th little tiff is happening um yeah. i found it very uh like charming and uh, uh very occasionally kind of touching but otherwise mm-hmm. like i think this is my second favorite uh is a takahata uh movie behind yeah. only yesterday um but it did not at all approach that movie in terms of like character or which is weird because i think it is going for some like uh, of all the movies i've unfairly compared to only yesterday i think this is the closest in terms of intent Mm -hmm. i think it's trying to tell those human stories um and i just don't they're they're like the book ended the first segment and the last segment i thought worked really well and there were a couple in between other than that it was like kind of not funny comedy happening yeah yeah, like it doesn't, it feels very genuine and like a good portrayal of a family and like I think gives enough time to each person, which is really nice. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, like I kind of wish it would have landed more and like maybe, I don't know, maybe another go would do it, but I never really felt moved by it or anything. There was something that got me. I thought <laughs> the part I thought was the funniest was the grandma talking about the cherry blossoms. How yeah, many more times will I see the cherry blossoms? Yeah. Because that's the, the grandma's really good. Yeah. 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 And you got Jim Belushi as the dad, dude. Come on. Jim Belushi. Is that what that was? It's freaking Jim Belushi, dude. Crazy. Everyone's favorite Belushi, Jim. <laughs> that's crazy. On, I didn't guy. realize that. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. I thought the dog was adorable. Pochi. Mm-hmm. Um, they abandon the daughter immediately and never talk about her again. She's barely in this movie <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That sequence is pretty crazy. Like the mall. Um, That's scary. Yeah, that's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I did really, really like the part at the beginning where they're doing like a kid's view of how the family was made. And like, I love the imagery of them like losing down the uh, wedding cake was so, so, so fun. Really liked it. 
and then they're all on a boat together because it's a family. You gotta, you're all working together. Something. Yeah. Something. It would have been kind of cool if it was more stuff like that, where it's just like oh, fantastical ideas of um, how this family operates or something. Instead of the dad being like, do you want to play catch? And the son saying no. Right. And that's like your segment. It's like, wow. And the dad wanting to take a picture of the snow and the family is like, no. I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah, it was I could relate cute, to the dad in that moment. Yeah, just absolutely. Standing outside. Yeah. Yeah. But it is also just like, so that did it once. And then the catch thing kind of does the same exact thing again. Right. Right. Yeah. This feels like. And we've taken these 40 shorts that aired on Japanese TV <laughs> once a night and we smushed them all together into a movie. Yeah. And that's hard to sit through. Because the thing was, uh, I felt bad because I've kind of, um, I'm like, like I watched Mononoke with Krista and I watched like the first couple with Krista and I watched Totoro with Krista. But there's been ones where I'm just like, Krista's not going to like this very much. So <laughs> I just watched it. But I was like, that's not right. Krista, I should be watching these with Krista. So I'm like, Krista, the next one is My Neighbors, the Yamanas. And like, this is not, <laughs> this is a very bad <laughs> one to go and start that with because this has like nothing yeah. to offer unless you're like way into what it's picking up. So. Hey, can I ask a question? I don't know if this is like assumed or if mm. I'm being silly, but like, mm. is the idea that. Hmm. Because, like, it really feels like comic strips and it kind of looks yes. like comic strips. Is Based that the idea? Comics. Yes, it was. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. I believe, like, a, a Sunday paper comic type thing. See, that makes so much more sense in that format, though, right? Like, yeah. where like you're reading one of these stories a week and not all of them in an hour and 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, because, I mean, they're all structured like a Garfield strip or something where it's like. Right. And then like, and then like, look at the camera, one right. eyebrow raise. So, but yeah. you don't read forty comic strips right. in a row of the same thing. Yes. So, yeah. right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I thought it was okay. It wasn't the worst one of these. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's just like it didn't do anything for me, or like it did very little for me. I guess it was tough because I. I went in wanting so much to like it because it's this guy yeah. again. And I think the format's interesting and like the art style I really like. So I was like, yes, slice of life, family, mm -hmm. hijinks, please. Mm -hmm. Late 90s. Yes, of course I'll love this. And I did. It was kind of boring. So, yeah. Bummer. Yeah. What can you do? Speaking of boring movies, Days of the Big Old Summer Car. I don't think it was boring. It was kind of boring, but I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. It was really nice. Uh, this was like a um, uh, dramedy. Am I using that term correctly? It felt so foreign falling out of my mouth. This is a dramedy. It's so indie. It's like the yes. most like indie dramedy yeah. you could ever see. There's yeah. 8 billion of this movie, and they're all playing <laughs> <laughs> at a film festival near you. But this is Days of the yeah. Big Mold Summer. Yeah. Um, I mostly picked this movie because I like Bell and Sebastian, and they did the soundtrack. And now we can talk about Bell and Sebastian, Car. Car, why is it mm -hmm. the first three Bell and Sebastian albums start with a really long fade-in, even though the first songs on those albums may be the best songs, but you don't get to hear half of them because they fade <laughs> in for the entire song. Thoughts? 
I have never noticed that. <laughs> it sucks, especially on the third album, because that song is only about two minutes long and you can't hear the first minute and a half. <laughs> and it's a really good song, but you have to turn your stereo up all the way to listen to it. Wait, what's the third album? The Boy with the Arab Strap, of course. Okay. Yeah, that first song is really good. And then the second song sucks. So it's like, hmm. boy, this album's not going great. Um, This movie, though, tastes <laughs> big and old summer. Um, it's what, Nick Cave's son? Something, something Cave? Hmm? The main guy in the movie, I think, is Nick Cave's son? Seriously? I believe so. Did not know. Yeah. And then uh, I really loved the... Uh, the mother. She is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. And they got a, well, he's like a, he's like a metalhead, uh, goth, not true goth, but, uh, you know, baggy black jeans kind of guy. And he's stuck with yeah. his quaint, um, middle-aged British mother for yeah. the summer. And yeah, he's angry at, the world. Well, yeah, the mom is divorced and yeah. the son clearly isn't dealing with it very well. And because the dad also seems like a jerk, but he mostly takes out on the mom. Yes, which is tough. Yeah, it was tough for me yeah. to watch because the mom is such a believable and relatable character. And the son is a jerk to her for most of the movie. Um, and Kari, you might have to explain this to me because obviously there's a shift that happens or else this would be the most depressing movie ever made. Um, but I went to change my laundry, and when I came back, they were buddies. So obviously something happened uh, to, to make that occur, but I don't know what it is. I'll never know. So I think it's a combination of the dog dying. Okay. Spoilers, yes. So that like is a moment that brings them together. Like I think that's the first scene where you really see them... Um, like have a nice moment where they're like brushing their teeth at the night yeah. that the dog dies and they have a nice exchange. And then I think um, her birthday dinner when he sees the guy oh, that she man. went on the date with and like is trying to divert her attention. I think like yeah. that's when he kind of sees her as a human being for the first time that we've seen in the movie and not yeah. just like a, as his nagging mom or something. Um yeah, so I feel like those there. I, that's kind of one of the things I like about it is there isn't just like one big moment or something. It's just like no, he's kind I, of growing up over the course of the summer. It's a very gentle movie. It just kind of rolls forward and it's like, ah, dog days. Yeah. Um, dating as a middle aged person seems absolutely terrifying to me. Yeah. I oh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> those scenes. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. Um, no, I don't. I guess there's not. It's such a gentle movie. There's not really anything to like pick out as like being. Um, it's just a bunch of like very nice character moments. Um, mm -hmm. Very believable. I thought just like very kind of stock characters, but the performances kind of sell them because I think some mm -hmm. people. People sometimes act like stock characters in real life, maybe. I guess yes. is what I'm saying. Especially like teenagers, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. This yeah. is my identity. <laughs> right. I have no identity. Yeah. Uh, but I think... And I think like it sells some like quirky moments pretty well for comedy. Like the yeah. metal band being Old young and... boys, I think is very funny and like yeah. works pretty well. I liked yeah. him making fudge. I thought that was all right. 
the, the oh jerk god that made me guy. so anxious oh my god but he's like barely stirring the fudge oh my god <laughs> like he's like you're done huh you're done okay you're done yeah just put the spoon yeah. you're done yeah uh but like the main the two or three actual like plot points didn't hit for me at all like i it, you might as well just subtract those from the movie. I thought they had no impact on it. Like the he's angry at his friend thing. I just felt it felt really forced and it didn't feel like it was coming yeah. from a natural place. It felt like a machination for this movie. Yeah. To do what? I don't know. Like, a, I, I think didn't. for him to be totally alone. Right. Like sure. it, he had to have no one, I guess. Yeah, but it just feels like you need the low point so you can have the high point type of thing. Like we need to introduce right. more conflict here. Uh wasn't a big fan of that, I guess, but yeah. And I, I mean, I came to this movie for the soundtrack and they use like three seconds of the song and then they cut like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I thought of that when it was happening. <laughs> like, there's not a ton of payoff for what you were. No, it's like, here's half of the second. When it verse. does happen, it's nice, though. I guess I like Bell and Sebastian a lot. And then yeah. they're gone again. Yeah. But yeah. This is a very, this is basically Bell and Sebastian as a film, and that's fine. That's what I wanted. So thank you. I gotta say, I really, one of the high points for me was the relationship between the mom and the friend's mom, where it's like, oh, okay. they're really not on the same page for most of it, or yeah. like there's a weird, like, power class dynamic happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I love how they like eventually connect like that feels very honest to me where it's like these people really don't make sense to have any sort of conversations together ever yeah um but they can fundamentally relate on a few things that matter a lot to them and i thought that was really nice and i really liked when she breaks down during the, mm-hmm. the therapy session like oh, I, I i really think this whole movie is carried by that the mother character and that, yeah. that actor because uh fantastic stuff i thought um uh that other mom is totally like discount tony collette going on type of thing (laughs) it's kind of tony collette in knives out yeah yeah that's okay Uh, that is okay i was really surprised to see you put this on the spreadsheet considering it came out like four years ago but then i was like okay no it did come out here this year i guess that that's fine it first came out in 2019 i think it was like available in the UK 2020, maybe, but sure. then like February 2021 is finally released in the US on yeah, platforms that we could see it. Sure, movies are fun, yeah. Tyra, um, yeah. what else yeah. has been going on with you, dude? I watched quite a few movies. Hmm. I'll start with Im. Im. Sorry, I got Can you not Im anymore, Car? Please, Im? we talked about this off air. <laughs> <laughs> um together together i saw which was okay. really really nice um it's a story about a like 40 something dude played by ed helms who's single and really wants a kid and um therefore this is gonna be depressing I don't know isn't the it? right way to say this no it's really not uh okay. so he like gets a surrogate played by patty harrison who's a comedian i absolutely adore okay um and she's like in her early 20s and has had sort of a tough go of it. And it's really just like about 
their friendship and their relationship through like a very specific and I think a lot of times difficult process for both of them. Um, and I guess like the first big thing was, so Patty Harrison, like I said, she's a comedian. She's so, so, so funny. And she's always playing just someone, <laughs> just someone sort of like out of this world. Like she's a person in the, I think you should leave Christmas sketch where she's like, um, making the joke about the photocopier. <laughs> That's the only thing I can cite that you <laughs> I have no idea. But- <laughs> Anyways, so basically I was like very interested to see um, what she does in a semi-dramatic role. And I thought for the most part, she was really, really wonderful. Like it's made by, I think like a first or second time director. And I think written also by a first or second time director. Um, And you can tell like at the beginning, the script is a little bit difficult and like it takes some... You know, I think it flows better as the movie goes on. Um, but I think it tells a really, really nice story. Like it just it they're constantly butting up against the fact that like she um yeah, she's going to have to like give up the baby that she's carrying and yeah. she's forging this friendship with a man who's extremely excited, and they're dealing with the fact that they're so heavily intertwined with each other's lives and they care for each other so deeply, but like, what can that relationship look like? Um, in a post, like she's, um, like she's had the baby life, right? She's done. Um, She's used up. Well, she like, I don't know. I think they do the idea of like, it's, that's a difficult thing to give up a baby that you've been carrying for nine months. Yeah. And what would it be like to have to deal, like to have to see that kid and like see someone else raise that kid and not be a true part of that kid's life. Um, And they just, I think also show what a friendship between like a 40 something and a 20 something would or could look like. and they never cross the line. Like, the entire concern the entire time, right, is like, oh, God, is this going to become a romance? Like, that's the absolute nightmare scenario. Um, and thank goodness they never do. Um, which is really, really good. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And then truly, like, it ends in the exact way you think it's going to end. Um, but was they get super, married? Super, no, <laughs> oh god, super super emotional to watch. Um, okay. Yeah, I I was very very uh, impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Also, I saw it in a theater, and mm-hmm. actually on Mother's Day, and felt like it felt like a good Mother's Day movie. And a lot of there were like so many good reactions to it, which was really nice. I thought, um, like lots of folks laughing at the right time and everything. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't this is just that one that like I well, I just like I felt this has been a movie I've been aware of for a long time. Yeah. Um, because I like Patty Patty Harrison so much and I was so worried that like it wouldn't be well received or something. Um so I was just happy that like people like it a lot and that it's good, basically. Carly is a defender and promoter of film as an art form. She likes it when people laugh at the right time. (laughs) I do. (laughs) She's like sitting back in her theater chair. Yep. 
everything's going like it should. You guys got it. The wheels are greased on this one. Yeah. Okay. This is Andy from The Office, yes? Yes. Okay. What if I don't like him very much? Um, I guess it depends on how much you don't like him. Like, I think okay. he does a good job playing what he's good at, which is like sort of type A person. Yeah. And I think he's also... It, like a lot of times he's the type A guy either with an edge or with like something dramatically wrong with him. And here he's just like a normal like 40 something guy who yeah. like develops software and is decently mature with his feelings, which is nice. OK. And yeah. I I mean, Hangover Part 3 accepted, obviously. <laughs> OK, sure. Um. <laughs> What was I going to say? <laughs> okay, we love The Office. Car, what was the name of this sure. film? Together, Together. Together, Together. Is it a director yeah. of note? Would I know? Hmm. No, I think hmm. she, like I said, I think this is first or second movie. Oh, okay. Um, Nicole Beckwith. Of course. Yeah, she's only made one other, which appears to star Sersha. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Man. Anyways, um... <laughs> I was looking at the Hannah director. Mm-hmm. Not good car. Oh, really? Hannah was like the peak. Really? I don't. Yeah, Wait, there what? was there was something going on there that I I felt. Joe, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I love Pride and Pride and Prejudice and Atonement. Okay, there was something else a little bit further down the list where I was like, "Wait a tick." <laughs> Pan. <laughs> Yeah, Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're getting into it. Now we're getting into it. Yeah. Pam. Yeah, that's not great, but Okay. What were you saying, yeah. Car? I was just gonna move on to the next one. Well, can we um, can we alternate, Car? We gotta keep it spicy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We gotta keep absolutely. it spicy. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the mon- that's the rock star monster energy talking. Car, oh, I didn't mean to step on your toes. I didn't mean to direct you in any way. You can live your own life. I was just thinking maybe yeah, I okay. on this podcast could talk about a yeah. movie I had seen. Yeah, no more rock star or Nas. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the Tory's uh, <laughs> can I talk about sneakers real quick? Hmm. I liked sneakers. Which one is this? This is basically Ocean's Eleven if it had been made in 1992. Oh. Um. Very fun. Uh, All star cast, of course. Robert Redford and others. Um, Dan Aykroyd is also there. Um. And it's like a heist movie, but it's got more of a geopolitical bent to it. It's a little more Hmm. serious, you know, Um, but it has a lot of the same kind of style or not the same style, but the same focus on having a fun style that a sort of might have. Um, The thing I guess that I would just want to say about it, other than that, I thought it was a lot of fun to watch was. It's really cool because it's kind of if it were if it were made now, it'd be a lot of like hacking and stuff. But because it was made in 1992, there's a lot of like analog heist tech happening where, Mm. say, they're playing Scrabble and then a phrase comes up and he's like, wait a second. And then they dump all the Scrabble tiles and they start doing like the anagram thing. 
it's just like yeah it's just like fun little stuff like that where it's like this movie barely holds together as a movie but if you want to see a bunch of fun (laughs) scenes of a bunch of people you know doing fun heist stuff it's here for you uh i was into it how does the heist itself deliver Mm, mm, mm. it's it's like the last third of the movie is the big heist and mm-hmm. it's way more formulaic. It has like the stock Hollywood ending type of thing going on that I feel like Ocean's Eleven totally didn't have. Ocean's Eleven is like, you know, the whole movie is the heist and the heist is crazy up until the end. Whereas this is like the bad guy gets him, but then the bad guy disappears for a little bit. But then he comes back at the very end again because mm. they have to confront him again. But the <laughs> bad guy is Ben Kingsley. So that's kind of fun because then you have Robert Redford okay. and it's Ben Kingsley with like a early 90s CEO ponytail looking evil. Ooh. Ben Kingsley. And I was like, yes, yes. Um, so I don't know. It's it's like uh it's like it's got like diehard vibes kind of because they're like breaking into this like corporate office type thing. Mm-hmm. So it's got like the security guards in the lobby and they got to get past that and all that kind of stuff. So um, and like great like soundtrack and it, ju- it just looks good. It, it's like a well-made heist movie of that era, which is like catnip for me. So it's yeah, like, I've never heard of this movie. Um, I have heard of it from people who don't are not like film aficionados i guess <laughs> i don't think it has a lot of cachet but it's like a fun movie you know huh so yeah that was sneaker. i'll have to add that to the list Ooh. um Ooh. carly i'm sorry wait oh my god <laughs> okay you can go again car i'm sorry <laughs> i just wanted to talk about sneakers um, yeah. 1992 sneakers starring Robert Redford, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ben Kingsley God. as the bad guy. Um, okay, now you go. Yeah, it's coursing through your system. <laughs> um, okay, so my dear, dear, dear brother got me the Before Who? Trilogy box set. Oh, okay. On Blu-ray. And I, I kind of thought I wouldn't watch Before Midnight, which is the last one, like... More than once every like five years or something, just because it's a pretty tough watch. Before Midnight um, is the name of the movie. That was a very grammatically confusing sentence. Um, Before Midnight <laughs> is the name of the movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, Did you watch it yeah, before it's a Midnight? Very... Yes. Thank okay. you. Yep. It's a very tough watch. Um, Or at least I found it very difficult on the first watch. It's like them. It's mostly them fighting the entire time. Um, yeah. And, but I decided to go back in um, and I watched it with the commentary. And I can't tell if it was because I watched it with the commentary or because I like knew, because I'd seen it before and maybe some of the tension went away, but it was so much easier to watch this time and like didn't Mm -hmm. feel as terrible. Okay. Um, And the commentary was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So it was Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy, who are the two main actors. And then Richard Linklater. And they wrote, again, this is three films over the course of 15 years, I think-ish. And they wrote them all together. Like, it's truly just been three of their projects. It was so fun to hear them, like, 
uh, like talk about their ideas and like who these characters are to them and just like little stories about the making of the movie and everything was so 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 nice um and also like just their perspective i think on it was really interesting where like they pointed out so many things like the fact that during one of the big fight scenes number one it never gets like there's never any like physical animosity not to say like actual physical fighting but like most of the time they're just like sitting at a table talking to each other and it's so like you can tell from that that it's not like this isn't the big blow up it's also not the first time they've had this sort of fight so just like getting their insight along the way I was so interesting and like it shaped the movie in such a different way um I also think this is just such a good movie and I love them so much. It's so nice. (laughs) This one takes place in um, Greece and it's like the first chunk of the movie is at a... There's so many interesting things I learned in the commentary. It's so fun. But so they're, they're at this huge like villa with a couple other couples And they're just, like, playing soccer and having a dinner at this beautiful villa together. And it's just, like, the most beautiful, beautiful scenery. And it's so nice to just, like, spend uh, 90 minutes, um, yeah, in Greece with these lovely people who I love so much. (laughs) Well, Linklater talks to you about (laughs) the catering or whatever. also like the movie is so famous for or not the movie the trilogy is so famous for um extremely long takes of like people walking and talking or like in this one driving and talking and like learning the logistics of that was really fun like how long it took them to get the shots and like it's funny like they're talking about the fact that um it's like, I don't know, 10 minutes into this one take scene of just tons and tons of dialogue. And there was one line that one of the actors kept slipping up on. And so the entire time, the other actor was just hoping that Ethan Hawke was hoping that Julie Delpy wouldn't screw it up for both of them. Just like all this really fun stuff. Um, yeah. So this is all to say that Before Midnight is wonderful um, and commentaries are super fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was really, really nice. Did, was the intention always to create a trilogy? Um, that's a good question. I think they maybe knew that they wanted to make multiple, but it really was such a long time between each. They oh. also teased in the commentary like there could be more. Ooh. Like Ooh, I think there are always. I I was thinking Before about that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I would really love to see. Um. Yeah, like them in like their. 50s and 60s 50s or 60s i guess um okay and what their relationship is like then like the jumps in time are just so 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 nice and i think it's really it speaks well to the quality of the movies that like they pack so much in about what has happened um in the time that you've gone between movies in a way that doesn't feel like super expository or um, like you're taking up too much of the movie like it just i don't know it, it's such a cool portrayal of time and relationships and okay. um two people that are both really lovely but don't always like i guess treat each other the best nice so it's not like yeah. as you know this is after 9-11 happened right, That's right exactly <laughs> yeah 
you get like just enough of what's going on in their individual lives and yeah hmm I, yeah. You know, you, Car, you've talked about these movies a lot. I still have no idea yeah. what these movies are or like, I feel like there's <laughs> no, um, it, it, they never come up in conversation except with you. And I, they, it seems like they do have cachet of some sort. It's just, you are the only person I know who has heard of these movies and, um, that's Okay. Yeah, I had, like, there's multiple people before I watched them who were like, oh, you gotta watch the Before Trilogy, who were super into it. And it just doesn't sound, like, <laughs> it's hard to, like, prompt someone to it's watch, like, sell. oh, yeah, three movies, granted only 90 minutes each, and it's just two people, like, talking and falling in love. <laughs> and it's thing. like Yeah, it's always like, yeah. no, but see, but they talk a lot, dude. Right. It's like, oh, okay. But they, it's okay. just like... I, I mean, there's so many good things. Like, I think they're just great quality movies. I love Ethan Hawke so, so, so much. Yes, yes, we know. And he's amazing in them. And Julie (laughs) Delpy is amazing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's so much going for it. And I think, like, it's even... What is it? Like, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts or whatever. Like, they're just magical movies. Is Ethan Hawke Gattaca or is that somebody else? Yes, it is. Okay. Do you like Gattaca? I haven't seen the whole thing yeah. um, in a long time, but I saw the beginning. I thought it was pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. He swims at one point. That's all I remember. Swimming as a metaphor. <laughs> Do you like Gattaca? Uh, I remember not liking it, but I was like 15 when I saw it. And I don't. And it was like in school Angry or something. Angry Tucker. <laughs> I don't want to watch this. <laughs> he yeah. does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember the context of why I didn't like Attica, but uh, I just remember thinking it was kind of like hit you over the head with what it's trying to say. But I don't know. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of an yeah. angsty teenager, so I didn't like a lot of anything. <laughs> so maybe I just except Minority Report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love it is minority so Report. in the same world as like AI and Minority Report. Yeah. And I guess maybe other like scary Spielbergs. I'm surprised there's not been more of like a, is AI a rich text? Like, let's do a deep dive on AI. I think that's an that kind movie. of has been. Okay, good. Thank you. Whew. Like in some communities. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, what are we doing this year? AI? Okay. Yeah. What do you think it would have been like if Cooper had lived? Yeah. I don't know. Probably yeah. even longer. We can, we can never know. We yeah, can't. it's possible. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Spielberg did that and Minority Report. Yeah, what's up with this guy? He's kind of crazy, huh? I don't know. He made one of the best sci-fi movies and one of the worst sci-fi movies within the span of like two years. So good on you. I don't think Spielberg. either are bad. I think Minority Report is excellent, but I don't think AI is bad from my memory. Yeah, I think it's a re- probably a really bad movie, but I think it's like an interesting. Um, uh, it has value. Uh, yeah, absolutely. From my recollection, I don't think it's a very good movie, though. <laughs> Do you remember? I have to go back and get when that we went to the drive-in huh? and we got to the meat yes. circus or whatever, and yeah. they were like, "Nope, nope, kids, we're packing yeah. it up. They're shooting people through a grill like a screen. We need to. We need to go." Was that after Cats versus Dogs? That was after Cats versus Dogs. Yes, what a doubleheader! What a what a night of amusement! <laughs> I wish I could go back. <laughs> there are moments in time in our lives 
where everything <laughs> changed. Yeah. God. Who set that up? What a what a nightmare scenario. Because <laughs> the beginning of AI is like so depressive and like soul-wrenching. Yeah. And it's like right after. Well, I think the idea is like ugh. you the, go early to the kids' ones or, and, and go later away. to the adult one. Yeah. Like, oh my god, Haley Joel Osmond, run! Yeah. Speaking oh, of which, when she dumps him in the forest or whatever. Yeah. God. And when he he pushes the kid into the pool and it's like, oh, this is going poorly. Yeah. I wish I was watching Minority Report. Car, can I talk about <laughs> Man of Steel? Please. Okay. Um, here's the pretext. Is that the right use of okay. that term? Here's what you should know going in. Um, mm-hmm. I was under the impression that I hated Zack Snyder. Yeah. As a person, as an artistic entity, as someone who <laughs> expresses himself through the medium of film. Not a fan mm-hmm. of Zack Snyder. Side note. I attributed a lot of that because I thought he made Sin City, but he did not actually. That was Frank Miller and somebody else. So I was caught a fool okay. because I um, presupposed that <laughs> he made Sin City and was yeah. called out for being wrong. And it's all okay. your fault. OK, well, I really don't like Sin City, I guess, is the point. Um, but that has yeah. nothing to do with Zack Snyder, it turns out. So, yeah. um, but I was still... I assumed I was not a fan of Zack Snyder. Um, I thought Man of Steel was actually pretty dang good. Huh. Here's my thesis, Car. Okay. We Zack Snyder is important. Okay? Because okay. now that movies are 8 billion indie films and also a superhero movie every six months. Yeah. It's so important that we have someone like Zack Snyder because the people who are making superhero movies would not be making superhero movies unless they were signed on and paid a lot of money to make superhero movies. But I think Zack Snyder would be making superhero movies regardless. And that is there is value to that, Carly. Sure. I also think there's value to just like having someone making them who like it actually has a vision like i know a lot of people would argue some of the marvel movies have a vision but i've yet to see that yeah carry out i'm not but zach snyder's <laughs> making his movie it really feels like exactly he yeah he what, whether you agree with his worldview or not um, <laughs> he has stories he wants to tell through the medium of superhero movies and i have not gotten that sense from any marvel movie i've ever seen because they all feel like product that they can sometimes attach a director with some semblance of style to. But again, I don't think those directors would choose to tell these stories this way unless goaded into doing so. Right. Yep. That's really depressing yep. to me. Yes, I agree completely. Um, so Man of Steel <laughs> being this wonderful, strange vision of superheroes while also being the... Um, like the origin point, I guess, for the cinematic universe, because everything needs to be a cinematic universe now. So like it is Zack Snyder expressing himself. And it feels like instead of that being part of like a Marvel thing, it's like DC was trying to take that and work around it or something like they're like, okay, Zack Mm. Snyder, you're doing your thing. We love that. But we need to put hooks onto this movie that we can hang a flash or a Green Lantern movie onto. 
And right. that's really fascinating to me. I also just really was into this vision of Superman as this unknowable, extremely powerful and dangerous entity that is just kind of existing on Earth. Um, and they kind of flesh some of that out literally because there's really cool scenes of him as a kid and his x-ray vision starts going all wonky and it's like terrifying and interesting uh, yeah like they really they being Zack Snyder I guess uh if I can just attribute this entire half a billion dollar movie to him Mm. uh just really get at some of that really well and I think the I don't want to call it prestige, but there's a level of seriousness and a level of respect for the source material that elevates this movie, I think, beyond Marvel stuff I've seen. Oh, I mean, he's like the most serious guy. Yeah, there's nothing like unserious (laughs) about how he treats his work, for sure. I like that, I think. I think I'm into that. I respect it, for sure. I don't know if I always like the result, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is the only one I've seen of the DC. Haven't you seen Watchmen? <sighs> I guess that's technically a DC Zack Snyder film. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just mean this like modern uh, DC okay. universe. Yeah. Um, but like Amy Adams, good in that role. Like, I felt like she was acting like it was a movie. And that yeah. is much more appealing to me than... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. like making flippant jokes and then getting like serious yeah. for the serious parts like that doesn't hit for me the way this movie did. So, yeah. Uh, what do you what are your Henry Cavill thoughts, feelings? Um, I didn't have any going in and I thought he was fine. Yeah, he looks like Superman. <laughs> like, I <don't>... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love Michael Shannon. I can tell you that much. Who is he? <sighs> He's like In the, the movie. He's the bad guy. Okay. General okay. Zod. Ooh, that's fun. Michael Shannon's <laughs> so freaking cool. <laughs> I saw somebody had said, like, wow, Michael Shannon's in every movie, huh? And then I looked at his filmography and it just goes forever. It's just like days and days <laughs> of movies that he's been in. God bless him. Good for him. He's <laughs> yeah. so cool. Uh, your favorite guy ever, Russell Crowe, is in this movie, and I think he actually oh, does a really God. good job. It makes um, so much sense that Russell Crowe is in a Zack Snyder movie. Kevin Costner is in it as Superman's oh dad. His other dad is adoptive father. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. And Adams, as we said. Like, it's a great cast. It's yeah. got a look to it. I don't know. I was, like, really pleased with it. Uh, That's it cool. Did, it didn't need to be two and a half hours long. None of these movies need to be two and a half hours long. Somebody should tell Can them I, that they... Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you something that goes against your own moral code? Just like Superman has to grapple with the morality of being okay. a superpowered human being. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, if you had to give it a rating out of five stars. Including half stars? Sure. I'd like three and a half. But okay. I feel like three and a half to me is different than three and a half to you, I feel like. In which direction? I feel like you guys you guys being like you and the other four people I follow on Letterboxd that are actual people I know. Um I think you grade on a curve. Hmm. You guys, I'm saying you guys again, but it's like. You guys. 
guys. <laughs> the, the amount of four and four and a half star movies is insane to me because there are not that many four and four and a half star movies. I, w- I would consider a four and a half star movie like a once a year I see a movie that's like amazing type of yeah. thing. So, yeah, I mean, I've like a... Sometimes I feel bad about <laughs> how many <laughs> movies I give really good ratings. But then I'm like, I don't know. I'm not held to anyone's standard. I like this movie no. a lot. And then and I not, give it a lot. I'm not held to a standard of having to rate movies in any way. Like, it's fine. Unless um, I force you Unless to. you force me to under duress. But I mean, you just look <laughs> at any movie and it's like the most popular rating is four stars. And I feel like four stars yeah. is just code for I thought this movie was good. But... To me, that would be three stars because two and a half would be this movie was fine. You know, four is like, I don't like that it's shorthand for just a positive feeling about a movie. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that's true. Like to me, three is good. Three and a half is really good. Four is like great. Four and a half is excellent. And then five is like mind blowing. But I'm I'm saying you go on any movie on Letterboxd and the most popular rating is four stars. Yeah. Well, no, it's not the most popular rating, right? It's oh, no, it is the most popular rating. It's usually like a curve up to four and then it like falls off way past that. So I love when you see a crazy. Yeah. Speed racer. Graph. Showgirls. Yeah, we're just sort of like up, down, up, down, up, down, and it makes no sense at all. And it's just crazy. It yeah. always trends towards low, though. It's always like 2.3. <laughs> but yeah. it's like. And then there's like a, somehow tons and tons of five stars. Yeah. I love it. It is fun. That works for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also watched Batman and Robin just because uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but it's also a superhero movie. So I thought I'd throw it in here real quick. Um, I love that okay. movie. It's terrible. I love it, though. Hmm. My God. That's George Clooney, Batman, with Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, Mr. Freeze and Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. And Oh, that's I... Joel Schumacher, right? Yes. Okay, yep. Just like day glow, campy, mm. nonsense, CGI nightmare, Taco Bell commercial Batman movie. Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. Yeah, insanity and i love it so much might be my favorite batman movie oh that's fun <laughs> when was the last time you'd seen it oh in college probably okay and it held up dude i mean it's not a good movie but i love watching it dude just in case anyone wants to know what my favorite batman movie is <laughs> out of the like four uh yeah yeah that's okay. Car, what else are you rocking? There's nothing like hugely notable elsewhere. I think maybe the only super notable or like mildly notable, I guess, one would be um The American President was pretty darn fun. What's um that? that's a Rob Reiner, I believe, Sorkin script. <laughs> we love Sorkin scripts, dude. Well, sometimes we? we do. Okay. I thought this was a Sorkin script. Oh, it is. It is. Okay. It's a Sorkin script. And it's okay. Michael Douglas, who I really, really love. Like the, I don't know. I just think Michael Douglas is like really fun. And I almost always like him in movies. He has such a weird, weird energy. 
Um, and Annette Benning and Martin Sheen, et cetera, et cetera. And it's basically Michael Douglas is the president and he um, starts falling for a like uh, climate change lobbyist who who's played by Annette. Um, and there's like difficulties there. And Annette's also just like dealing with the, uh, dating the president. Um, and it's like such a good combination of... Um, like Sorkin political kind of stupid but fun stuff and yeah. like rom-com stuff like Annette does the like flummoxed um, overwhelmed uh, lady really really well I thought uh, and they're both so charming and it was just like a super fun very very cozy movie um, like it, it it delivers in the like Sorkin speech thing but it doesn't feel the same way that some of the other ones do where like I it never really feels that tense. Like it's pretty easy going the entire time in a really, really nice way. Um and I like how it looks like it again, just very cozy, good era, super fun clothes, especially worn by Annette. Um yeah, nice time. Who is Michael Douglas? I have I I cannot picture for the life of me who that is. Is Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct. Oh, the game? Is that him? The game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, okay. Just yes. relate everything to the game car and we'll have no issues <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, you know what I mean, though? Like, he just has that weird, like, kind of sleazy, yeah. but still charming somehow thing in, like, every single movie he's in. Yeah, he's not going to hurt you, but you got to watch yourself around because you never, you never yeah. know. Yeah, I really, really like him a lot. Um... Have you seen Fatal Attraction? I have not. You gotta do. Oh my god! I have to watch. That's such it, a dude. fun movie. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only like notable, notable one left. Okay, I watched Barnyard. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hate how that cow looks. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that's bad. That's such like it's so crazy that there was this era. Jurassic Park came out like '94, and the CG looked real. And then 15 years later, it's like here's Jimmy Neutron. Like everybody huffed glue for a decade, and they forgot how to make CGI animation. I don't know. It's craziness. Yeah, it's so bad. But Biggie Cheese is in it. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Car. Yeah. You know, you go to McDonald's and they got the cups with the, the tops on them, but they got the little buttons on the yeah. on the cat. What are those for? Oh, I've learned this. This was like a fun thing that people learned in like junior high and was like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Great answer, Car. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, what, no what am I watching next week? Uh, great Expectations. Week? Great Expectations. I'm sure there's 8 billion versions of that film. Which one am I watching? Of course, the one starring Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow, directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a lineup. What a a stable of talent. My God. Yeah, this was a combo of just every single time I watch an Ethan Hawke movie, I just want to watch every other Ethan Hawke movie. And then yeah. I also watched um, Vogue did a video with Gwyneth Paltrow where she reviewed her old fashioned looks and I watched it and mm. she talks about one of the outfits in Great Expectations. And I was like, OK, yeah. 
Okay. I think it's like one of those where they modernize it, and that's kind of fun Ooh. to me also. Ooh, can I do a double feature with you then? Yeah, please. The 2000 uh, Hamlet starring Ethan Hawke hmm? and Kyle MacLachlan. Oh. Have you seen? Oh, no, but that sounds awesome. Oh, my God. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Wow, I just got such a rush from here. Yes. That. that sounds so fun. We're going to Hawkville, dude. <laughs> Get in the car. Wait, I'm trying to... Oh, letterbox. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. It's him shampooing his hair. Hamlet what from year? the year 2000. Directed by 2000. Michael Almereda. Oh, oh my God. What a terrible cover. What? Oh That's my so cool. God. He's taking a shower in the digital bath. The the internet yeah. is streaming past his face. <laughs> okay. Steve Zahn. We love Steve Zahn. Oh my, oh my God. gosh. His cast is so of the era. Like Steve Zahn, Sam Shepard, Julia Stiles. No, no. <laughs> wow. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I'm excited. And great expectations. Car, I don't have a segment for you today because it's been a long <sighs> week. Wow. But we can talk about whatever you want for the next two minutes. Um, how's your rock star? Uh, it's to the point where it's like warm backwash, so pretty oh, good. God. Let me Jesus take another swig. <laughs> That's ah, so gross. It's like drinking syrup. No. Um Carwood, did you enjoy any beverages this show? Uh, yeah, I had the Beach Plum LaCroix. How was that working out for you? So it was very good. Was but I got a big good. box of it, and by the end, I was sort of over it. So this is the last one, and now we're done. Okay, we're that's done. like the first sip of a LaCroix for me, that experience. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is our... <laughs> <laughs> I really think I've maxed out on Pomploose, and now Lime is the go-to. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Speaking of limes, uh, email is pillowspodcast at gmail.com. I basically uh, <laughs> set that up and then forgot to ever mention it or do anything with it. So it's not very useful. But if you want to talk to us, um, I'm desperate to talk to someone. So I can guarantee your email will get read. <laughs> Send us a picture of a lime. Send us a picture of a lime and a question about food. <laughs> Write your little question on the line with Sharpie. <laughs> and then fun. I'll print it out and paste it on a, a dry erase board. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of so cool. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. All right, we have okay. the, the greatest ideas, and uh, one of them is having a, a podcast about movies. Thanks for talking. Yay! Woo! Join Woo! us next time when we talk about Ethan Hawke for the first 50 minutes. Oh, oh we're doing Spirited gosh. Away next, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear next that's an okay going to be a good one. I have really good vibes. I, I love good... How are you? Uh, okay, the vibes are not normally very good, it sounds like. <laughs> no, like, no, I just mean there's a lot of excitement ooh, between all three of these movies. Ooh, normally we're there's talking one. about the neon demon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can't. No, we can't end the podcast with you going. Okay, it's got to be something fun. Did you stop recording already? I, no. Oh, thank God. Okay, bring us home, Car. <laughs> something. Say something profound yet um, mm-hmm. succinct, like a bumper sticker. No.